What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Misadventureland Games Show. I'm Bobby, and I'm here with Justin. Hi there. Hey there, ho there, hi there. How you doing, Justin? I'm doing okay. You doing okay? Had a day off of work today. You did? So it was a very relaxing day. That's good. We played some video games, I hear. I played video games from 9.30 this morning until about 10 minutes ago. A little birdie told me that little birdie was you, that you were playing video games all day. <laughs> <laughs> the best use of a day off I can think uh -huh. of. Yes, 100%. You're absolutely correct. Um, so yeah, we're here on twitch.tv slash misadventureland to record uh, our podcast live. So if you want to join us live, that's where you do it. You're usually on 8 o'clock, 8 p.m.-ish um, on uh, Thursdays, Eastern time. Um, we're going to talk about some news today. We're going to talk about some, it was acquisition season this this week. Lots of, lots of, a couple of studios got bought. Some studios teamed up together, um, and uh, yeah, and then some some uh, some developers got put on some certain games. We've got a bunch of games to talk about. I've been playing video games, Justin, like this. You have. I've been, been trying to keep up with you. Playing all these video games, um, and uh, yeah, and then we got some couple questions in our, in our Discord, um, Justin. I'm gonna ask you to do one thing before we get going. Please Can you tell turn me. down your mic a little bit. I've I'm noticed not, I'm not even that loud. I know, but I've, I've noticed there's been a little bit of a, a loudness. I want this to gain. Turn that down a little bit. Hopefully that fixes it. Okay. Um, yeah, well, I'm a little bit. I'm getting some bounce back from your microphone. I think from my your headphones and the microphone and back because um, I think your microphone's a little hot, but that's okay. Um, it's only really a problem for the podcast on the on the recording. Doesn't matter. Groon, I know he's not loud for you guys. I'm just, I'm controlling his volume on my end, what goes out to you guys. So, don't question me. <laughs> I've got my Apple, my Apple Pencil here. I don't want you to question me, okay? Because I have notes. Where are they? Where is it? Notes of what we're going to talk about. Um, in the notes app, let me think. Because there are things I want to talk about. Um, yes, thank you, Grun. Do not question me, the wise one. Um, so, um, we, uh, Justin, do you want to start talking about the games we've been playing, or you want to start with some news? How do you want to, how do you want to arrange this evening? Let's talk about the stuff we've been playing, because that's okay. what I did all day. So you, okay, so it's all about you, I understand. It's always um, about me. <laughs> We're like a decade into this, how do you not know this now? It's true, it's true. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what I was thinking, I really, I really, really don't. So, um, let's talk about something, well, I'm, let's let me clear off the things that I've been playing that you haven't been playing so that we can talk about the games that we've been playing together and you can do the same. Um, last night I started um, Kenna Bridge of Spirits, um, which is a game for the PlayStation and personal computer. And it is a 3D um, action platformer, I, I would say. Um, it is very reminiscent. People have said this a lot and it is very reminiscent of games that they don't really make anymore too much like these kind of very like um kind of almost all ages character platformers that were very popular like let's say in the ps2 era of video games right um and this one stands out because it has um exceptional animation this team ember lab this is their first game um there i think they, they come from an, an animation background and you can definitely tell and the cutscenes are um cutscenes which in another throwback 
are are pre-rendered cutscenes. They're not in-engine cutscenes. So, you know, it's there's some like hard division between when you're playing the game and when you're in a cutscene. Um, you know, it, there it, it isn't like a okay, and now the camera pulls back and you're walking again. You know, it's very much like we're gonna cut into your cutscene and then we're gonna cut out of the cutscene. Um, but they're beautiful, right? They're 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 um well shot. There are the lighting is amazing. The animation just top to bottom looks great. Uh, the gameplay itself is very, very straightforward. You are this character, Kenna, who's like, she's a spirit guide and you're kind of going through this forest and um, there's this corruption that is taking over this forest and you're, you're in charge of, you're not in charge, but your kind of job is to go through and to clear this and to take spirits. People who have died. This is a, this is a very, I think, common theme over the last year of games people who have died who don't want to cross over yet for various reasons and their sort of presence in the living world is causing like um bad things to happen basically um and you you go through and you do some very light platforming some like you know light environmental puzzles and then there's the combat which i will say right off the bat um is oddly difficult considering the kind of game it sort of presents itself as. And I think it's because while the combat is fine, it is, it, it has like a, um, you know, a heavy attack, light attack and a block that also has a parry on it. Like you, you, if you time the block, right, you parry them, you parry the enemies. And I feel like it is, well, it's not, I wouldn't say it's like it's sluggish or unresponsive, it's not the tightest feeling combat in the world. So I definitely found myself like missing windows and stuff. And I had to do the same fight a couple of times, which like for the game like this is not really what, what I'm, what I'm looking for, you know? Um, but, uh, I, and I was, I, I played it for about two hours last night and for the first 90 minutes of it, I was like, this is okay, but I don't know if this is going to like be something I'm going to want to come back to. There just wasn't enough stuff going on. There wasn't enough variance in the combat or the, the like traversal. Um, but I got I got a couple of new abilities and items at the very end of my play time that made me go, okay, like I can see how this is a little more interesting. It opens up a little bit. So we're definitely gonna keep going with it. I think it's only like a 10 to 12 hour game. So um, yeah, I can I can probably get through it in like a few good sittings. Um and, and so I don't think it's right now. I don't think it's going to be something that is particularly memorable or something that I, that is is feeling like it's going to be like a top five type of game to me. But I would say it's it's beautiful and it seems to have something there that's fun um, to play. I definitely want to play it. Um, you know, was it last week or the week before after the podcast? Uh, we were on around midnight and we were like, oh, let's just hang out in a call until mm -hmm. until these Kenner reviews come out, because we had both thought the game was going to be not reviewing very well since they held yeah. reviews till release time. Yeah. And then we were both pleasantly surprised when it was reviewing pretty OK. Yeah. So I say it wasn't after it wasn't after a podcast. It was after a secret thing that we can't talk about. Yet. Oh, that's right. We can't talk about the secret <laughs> thing. Um, but we were. Uh, we waited up to see those scores and then yes. I was like, all right, yeah, like this is something I'll definitely pick up. Just not right now. There's way too many other games that we have to get through first. Um, but right. I definitely want to take a look at it before the end of the year. Yeah. And I've been sort of like, I didn't buy it until I had finished 
two other games that I had started and were were on were on this list of, of things. So I one of those games is, is I finished Ratchet and Clank a Rift Apart. Um and honestly, okay, like it let me finish finish talking about Kenna first and that I feel like Kenna you can definitely tell it's the first game from a, like a studio, right? Because it is very limited in scope and also there are just these things, you know, there are these things that happen where you'll be walking around an environment and you'll be like, "Oh, I jumped on this mossy tree trunk." Um this mossy tree trunk before this next mossy tree trunk, I should be able to jump on it and walk it up, walk up on it. And you'll try to jump on it and you'll sort of like, like hang in the air for a moment. And then sort of just like, you're, you, it'll, it'll feel like the, the environment's pushing you off of it. Cause it's like, no, 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 this isn't a mossy tree, tree, mossy tree trunk. You can jump on, even though it looks like the one you could jump on. So I, I, you know, there, there is some weird, like, um, I don't feel like they're great yet. And from a gameplay perspective of telegraphing to the player, if you have this straightforward experience and you can't explore everywhere where you can walk and where you can't right? most game, you can tell a good game developer where it's like, okay, if this game is like very pathed, but looks like it's big and open, like you're walking through the woods a lot. Right. So, you know, you, you might go, like, Oh, I can walk into this. Like I can walk off this path here. It looks open. Um, this game has a lot of those instances where all oh, this looks open. You'll walk over there and it'll just be like an invisible wall that you'll hit that you can't walk through. Whereas, you know, I think more experienced game developers, they're able to sort of signify a lot better, you know, whether it's the way the cameras, the way the camera is positioned or the way the foliage looks or signifying exactly where you can look and where you can walk by certain identifiers. This doesn't do a great job of doing that. Um, D Moogie, thank you so much for the prime sub, my friend. 13 months. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Um, so yeah, I think you can definitely see in those places where the game is not, it feels like a very good first effort. I would, I, I will say, but I, I like to see what, once they kind of get their, their chops up, like what they can do from a gameplay perspective. Um, you know, th that, that polish that it lacks from that game is definitely on Ratchet and Clank, right? Ratchet and Clank is polished to all hell. Like there is like I, nothing yeah. unpolished about it. What you're saying, like, you'd like to see what Ember Lab, like a studio like that could do you know the 95th percentile of that is ratchet and clank yes yeah yeah i mean i will say like the thing about ember labs game is like it's at least i think like the it's trying to like evoke a lot more emotion i think than what ratchet's trying to do obviously which ratchet's kind of like a big dreamworks movie and and i think kenna is going more for like a um like a ghibli type of you know vibe to it yeah um, but yeah, Rat so I finished Ratchet and um we got a question in the chat that we'll I'll I'll answer. We'll both answer as we get farther into, into the thing. So thank you, Green. Um this discussion. I finished it and I liked it a lot, right? I think I thought it was a very fun game to play. It is not a game I am going to remember much about in a month. You, 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 do you know what I mean? Yeah. It 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 looked great and it had, it had fun moments and I liked some of the variants in the, in the gameplay for sure. And when they were doing the thing where they were like, okay, we're going to make a big set piece and have sort of you travel through it. I thought it was a very memorable and, and cool experience, but it was just like, okay, like you're in this world, like go to this place, hit this button and well, fight a bunch of enemies, hit this button, then fight a bunch more enemies. It, it just, it, it, while it was fun, I just, 
it, it's it just didn't do a lot for me. I, I will I, I will say um, from that. Um, I, I thought they did a, I, one of the things I did like was I, I liked, you know, you, you spend all this time in the game, I guess, slight spoilers for Ratchet and Clank. You go to a different universe as Ratchet and Nefarious is the emperor, but you never really, you don't see, you don't see him for most of the game because your Dr. Nefarious, who's like, you know, this like bumbling idiot, basically is sort of like pretending to be the emperor. And I, and I did like the disparity when you actually meet the emperor, the actual emperor, how much more capable he is yeah. than the nefarious from your universe. I thought that was a because that wasn't what I was expecting. I thought this other nefarious would just also be sort of like adult, you know, and, and he wasn't right. He was he was actually very smart. Um, and I thought that was cool. And I liked, you know, seeing like the, the parallel universe characters like they're Captain Quark and, and, and all that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and and and. I think like Rivets of, is, is a very fun new character. Um, Dr. Nefarious is basically Skeletor, and that's absolutely true. He is basically like Skeletor. Um, and I did like the weapon. Speaking of one, uh, uh, Gruen Zero in our chat asked, what was your favorite weapon from Rift Apart? Like all the Insomniac games in this vein, that when they do games like this, they had a ton of cool weapons and I ended up liking uh, quite a few of them. Um, my favorite, that is tough. I, I really liked the... Um, the ricochet gun, I thought that gun was, was really neat, but you don't get it till so late in the process that it wasn't like part of my, um, like my loop by the time I got it, I guess. Um, I really like the topiary sprinkler a lot. Um, that's probably like my favorite way to manage a battle was that gun, um, because I like to freeze them and then use other stuff to sort of like take them out. What about you, Justin? I would say probably I, I enjoyed that. And then uh, I forget the one that like that puts down like the turrets um that will fire for you mm -hmm. like combining those two together if not with that i really like that shotgun because there's an ability to yes. get health back on hit when you use mm -hmm. it i think one of the problems of ratchet and clank was that i don't think the game was balanced right and I, I i talked about this when i was playing it back in june but like it feels like the default difficulty that they put you on is it's such a it's such a cakewalk that the cool weapons that they give you aren't as interesting to me as they could have been mm, because okay. like why would i ever default like I, i'm experimenting for the sake of experimenting like everything is dying so fast when you shoot at it that mm -hmm. it's like well yeah there's these other guns here but like cool this one like shoots a mine down into the ground and then it will pop up and, and hit somebody but like right. this pistol that i'm starting with is killing people in just the same amount of time so yeah, there, there wasn't really much incentive for me to start like playing around with other weapons. It was like this shotgun gives me health back when I hit things like the other ones are like fun to look at and stuff and they definitely do cool things. But in a way, I almost felt like they weren't situational enough mm -hmm. where yeah. I really needed to think like, oh, wow, there's like six of these guys on screen and they like they have shields and I need to use these specific weapons against them. There wasn't anything like that. And I feel like the balance between that game being accessible and providing some sort of challenge for the player is way out of whack. Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, I would say it's, I would say, yeah, it is, it is not a difficult game at, at all, but I also, for me, the, the combat itself wasn't, even though there's a ton of guns, it wasn't something that I, I felt was particularly, um, engaging enough for me to want for me to want 
it to do, it for it to me a lot of difficulty. You know what I mean? Like I, I was just kind of with a game like Ratchet and Clank, I'm kind of there for like the ride that it's bringing you on, not necessarily for like the moment to moment combat of it. Um, which which for me, I didn't really want it to be any harder. I just I wish I wish there was more more dynamics in the um in the arenas and in the fights than there was i wish I, w- I wish it wasn't just oh i walk into an area and these enemies just sort of like pop in and now i just have to shoot all my guns until the ones i want to use are out of bullets and i can move on to the next i have to move on to the like the keep going down the line until until like you know until i i finish them off and, and so i think that for me was the part i didn't love like i i if they were the same arenas but just harder i don't think it would have been better for me i just wish there was like more going on i guess in in every fight but i mean i say that but it's also one of those things where um excuse me sorry where it's not a game it's a game meant to be played by a wide age group of people yeah you know so i don't want to say they should have been that they should have made this game like more you know obtuse or more difficult because i think that goes against the point of what the game is supposed to do but I, I think just for me personally, the my time with it didn't feel particularly memorable. Um, so. Um, why are they saying why is why are they saying happy Friday to Megs in the chat? I'll guess it's Megs, Thursday. Megs is in the future. And, and, yes, I know. I, I honestly, Justin, I was like, what are you saying? It's Tuesday. <laughs> That's in my brain. That is what happened. I just want to I just want everyone to nah. know that's what happened to me was yeah, I thought it was Tuesday in my head. Um, oh, good. I've got some sort of candy that my son put on my shirt up here, and I just realized it. And now my hand's all Fantastic. Sticky. Now my hand's all sticky. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I started playing Kenna. I finished Ratchet. Justin, have you playing anything that we haven't also been like co-playing? Halo. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Halo. I think, I think that'll be a good thing to talk about. You yeah, hated it, right? I despised it. So much so that it's the only thing I've been thinking about for a week. Um, so yeah, the Halo had one of their test flights last weekend, and by the time that you listen to this podcast, they'll have an open flight for everybody uh, this coming weekend on Xbox, on Xbox, uh, and on PC. But they haven't exact they haven't come out with the details on how you're going to be able to download that on Steam. Um, they said they're trying to make it happen for for PC, but I don't think they officially said yeah. I thought that I thought that people were playing. Oh, maybe because it's like open wide on Steam is what they were saying. Okay, yeah. But regardless, there'll be an open beta on Xbox or an open mm-hmm. flight, as they call it. I, yeah. I like I like this new thing of coming up with different te- uh, different words for tests. Well, a they is a good Micro- Microsoft has been doing this for a long time, um, like for all of their apps and stuff. Like I was on like the Game Pass app on iPhone before it was officially out, and they called those tests like a flight like test flights. So that's like, that's like their name for their betas or whatever. Uh, So everybody who's been listening since the dawn of this friendship has known that I have been a Halo fan and I grew up on Halo multiplayer, um, but haven't really been that into it in the last couple of releases. Like the last one I really, really sunk my teeth into was probably Mm -hmm. Reach. Um, And then, you know, I enjoyed four, but I was basically playing by myself and I thought five had some interesting ideas, but I was basically playing by myself. (laughs) Uh, So I've been jazzed about what I'm seeing and hearing about Infinite 
And so I was able to jump in and get into the flight. And oh, man, <laughs> we haven't really spoken about this in like any any detail. Bobby no, didn't, because Bobby really I, didn't, I, didn't get to, to I didn't get to play it. So I don't want I, I didn't want to hear about it. Uh, so after my like <laughs> first match, I was like, oh, shoot, this might be really, really good. And mm-hmm. I played probably throughout the weekend, maybe like 15 to 20 matches because, you know, of course, they can't just leave the damn thing up over the course of the weekend. It's like mm-hmm. you're basically jumping in. Uh, they give you the Pacific time that it's launching and it's mm-hmm. up for like three hours at a time. So you got to be available. And right. so I tried to make myself available. I could only pull like 20 matches or something like that if I even got that many. But I was right. It feels absolutely fucking fantastic. Um, <laughs> And it's like this is going to be a hard thing to say or or explain. Um, but if you grew up playing Halo the way I have, um, the uh, the feeling of that game is unique. Like, you know, if you played Halo two or three, like that game does not play like a modern shooter at all. Mm-hmm. No, you play Call of Duty. Now you're like, we, we're not even playing the same genre of game. No. And in years past halo has tried to become more relevant and what that's, that's done is it's really split the fan base like yes mm-hmm. you should be able to sprint whenever you want to as opposed to there should be no sprint button at all right yeah so what's interesting about infinite is it feels like it's splitting the difference it feels like it's still halo but yet modern and modern in a way where <laughs> Megs wants a double jump, and I'm still saying no. There should not be a double jump in these games. That's sacrilege. It's blasphemy. <laughs> uh, but there is, there is clambering, which is nice to be able to like pull yourself up on a mm-hmm. platform. And it just feels good. Like, really good. The thing I always liked about Halo is it's time to kill was always high. Mm-hmm. And some people hate that, right? I call those people insanely unskilled. <laughs> And the reason I say that is because in Call of Duty, it's basically like, if you see me before I see you, you're going to die. If, mm-hmm. I, if, if the person that sees the other person first really has mm-hmm. any idea what's going on with the game, you're gonna, you've, got, you've got the upper hand, and 70 to 80% of times you can win, you're going to win that battle. Mm-hmm. In Halo, it doesn't really matter who sees each other first. It's really about how well you can aim and what your strafing is like. Like, the time to kill is high enough where you could take some damage, but you can come back and win that fight. And I've always liked that. I've always liked the way the Halos felt. Like, mm-hmm. I love the feeling of dumping an assault rifle onto somebody and then walking forward and punching them in the face and then they die. Like, it's mm-hmm. just a good feeling. Now, take that and combine it with modern sensibilities, the ability to clamber, the ability to sprint. Um, just, I, I think, an updated, updated, like, view of, like, weapon types. Mm-hmm. Like, all the weapons that I picked up felt fantastic. Um, it, uh... You know, there was like they, they've got it where they've it, it seems like you default with just the assault rifle. At least I did in all the matches I played. It, it could be different. I haven't figured that out yet. But at least every match I started with and it appeared like everybody I was playing with was starting with an assault rifle. And then there were other weapons in the map and the power weapons. They'll tell you like, hey, power weapons are spawning here. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see like the rocket launcher or something like that, like gravity hammer. And then it's a fight over those areas. I think they added this in five. I'm not 100% positive for that. Give you an idea of how little I played of five, but like the old pickups that you would get invisibility and overshield are not just instant use items. You can hold them until you oh, decide okay. to use them. So you could pick up the overshield and not just, and you're, you're by yourself, you don't have to use it right away. But if you die while holding it, 
the person that killed you can pick it up. Hmm. So, I don't know. I I only played four on four. It was basically just all team deathmatch or like, you know, what domination would be in Call of Duty. Right. Um, but I really enjoyed it. Like to to the point I almost bought the battle pass for the flight. <laughs> it was it, I would have done it too, except that the flight wouldn't let you access the store when it was down. Oh, uh, okay. No, uh, but like you get to go in and see all the customization and things like that. And I, I'm going to get very, very into this game in a way that I haven't gotten into a Halo in a long time. It's like the most since last Sunday. I've been thinking about this coming weekends because they're going to bring back big team battle, and I want to see what the bigger maps with vehicles look like. Um, mm. I'm very, very into this. Yeah, I mean, I th- I haven't got a chance to play it. Yet. I look forward to trying it out this weekend. Um. I guess I played the range because it's the only thing I get into when I when I had I had like 20, 30 minutes to play and I tried to get into a match and it wasn't down like it would let me queue into the server, but it wouldn't like I couldn't find a match. So I just um, I just played the the range. So I don't really have much to talk about. But I, I think in the past, the issue with Halo when it's tried to modernize itself is it's felt like it's been chasing. It was basically it felt like it was chasing other games, right? It felt like it was 100%. reacting to what other games were doing. And people who love it, it, it would never be satisfying to anybody because for people who loved Halo, they didn't want the game they loved to chase after the games they weren't playing because they weren't playing those games for a reason. Right. Because they were they weren't Halo. Um, and for people who liked games like Call of Duty, Halo never went as far as Call of Duty did. So why would I go play Halo, you know, which is like trying to do like a half step towards what I like already. So it was, it always, it never felt like it was, it, it, it never felt like the people who were making it post Bungie, right? Because this is we're talking, this is when they, they started changing things, right? Yeah. Um, big time. I mean, Bungie put in like those abilities or whatever, but they never, you know, it was never innate characteristics of, of the game. Um, I feel like, I feel like 343 never had a vision for what they wanted Halo to actually be in a multiplayer sense. It was just we need to start making we need to put this in because this is what's popular right now that's what it, that's what it felt like to, to me um so like when you know when, whenever we hit master chief collection we played halo 4 and you'd be like yeah but this, doesn't this feel great because i know you really like halo 4 like multiplayer i'm like yeah but like it just doesn't it doesn't it's not doesn't feel like halo you know what i mean like it just it feels like it's it's if it feels like it's doing something it feels like it's trying to be something else um and that and, and that's to say like because i don't think they ever found a way to modernize it um organically or or with a vision that made sense and and it sounds like now that they have it it's like again it just it's it's a difficult thing to try and explain but like it feels like they took halo 3 and they Mm -hmm. found a way to completely just throw it into 2021 add in some modern sensibilities and like i feel like that's the game that i'm playing like it just feels so good and it feels like it feels like a throwback in all the ways that you want it to feel like mm. you know it plays differently than call of duty and like of course like the, the the main thing is it's that time to kill you know that time mm-hmm. to kill really allows you to have a fight mm-hmm. instead of like you know shit i got seen i got shot twice and i'm dead look i love call of duty I'll play Call of Duty any day of the week, but like mm. I don't need Halo to feel exactly like Call of Duty. I right, want Halo, yeah. like you said, to feel different. Yeah. So this is, I this I have a feeling this is going to be massively popular, especially because it's free to play. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and you know, seeing all that customization that you could do to your you know your Spartan, it uh, 
it's pretty rad. And so I'm I'm definitely I'm there for it. I only got teabagged once, which felt great. <laughs> only, I mean, the only problem with the flight was just that people were like leaving like, oh, we're down by 10. Like we're just leaving this uh, match. And then yeah, before yeah. you know it, it's like you versus four other people. Um, um Green says in the chat sounds like they were trying to keep up with the Joneses but everyone wanted them to be themselves and that's that's really what it is you know and like I, I think the, sh the shooters that have and the shooter developers that have made their marks in the years since Call of Duty um you, you have seen teams and games that have have adopted ideas that worked for them but have very much been themselves you know I think the, the reason that Respawn is so popular and so acclaimed is because, yeah, you can like in Titanfall, you can see the, their Call of Duty roots, but they created something different than what Call of Duty was. Right. And Apex even more so because Apex has like at times like, you know, if you have the right armor set has like Halo time to kill, you know, it has a, it has a very long time to kill. So like you see developers changing what they're doing. And I'm, I'm very excited to see what the, how this one goes. And I do. I do hope it it catches on because that would be a nice story. To see it to see it catch on um still no idea what the campaign's gonna be like and yeah i don't know i mean it if you're asking me what the multiplayer looked like like it looked good mm -hmm. you know it wasn't like i was sitting there staring at the walls because i was shooting yeah. at people mm -hmm. but if, if i mean if you could take those mechanics and just add it in like add a like a good campaign around it like and you know it looks somewhat nice like i think it'll they'll be just fine yeah um yeah, I'm, I'm very, very excited for that game. Um, all right, so um, want to talk about the Forgotten City, Justin? Do I ever? <laughs> we both finished the Forgotten City. I finished that today. Yes, a few hours ago, Justin finished the Forgotten City. There are four um, endings, and I got all of them in one sitting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I also, I also got all of them. Um, two, two of like, I, I would say two of them are. I would say three of the four are pretty distinct from each other. And then one of them is sort of like, like the other one, but with a little, little tiny difference, like a couple yeah. lines of dialogue difference. It's not even like you, any, any sort of visual difference to what, to what happens. Um, so I think Justin talked about this game, uh, you know, a few weeks ago when he began it, but a forgotten city is a time loop game. Um, it, it originally was a sky, a very, very popular Skyrim mod that this team took and made into its own game in unreal engine. And it's, it's a time loop game where, you wake up next to a river and there is a woman who says, Hey, um, like this guy just went into these ruins. He hasn't come out. Can you please go find him, um, and bring him back? Cause I'm worried about him. You go, okay, sure. You go into these ruins and you get sucked into a, a portal that puts you back in time into the days of ancient Rome. And you're in the city that lives under this sort of, thrall of the thing of the golden rule which you know is basically if one person sins then everyone has to pay for it and in this case everyone having to pay for it means that everyone gets turned to gold it, it, and dies basically if if any one person in the town commits a sin um and you show up um and are able to basically loop the day so you, you when the sin happens, you run back to this portal and the day starts over again and you're able to sort of go through and your goal is to find out who sins, right? Who who does the thing that causes the town to uh, destroy itself, essentially. Um, it's a mystery game. It's a time loop game. Um, and, and it's extremely 
There's some very light combat. It's extremely dialogue based. It's a lot of just like, hey, I'm going to go talk to you and ask you these like six questions, get your answers and use sort of the clues you're getting in the answers to, to guide your way around to try to figure out different things you can do, different characters you can talk to, um, stuff like that. Justin, what was your, like, I know you're done with it. Whoa. <laughs> okay. That was nuts. <laughs> That's, uh. People who are just listening, we had a video thing that happened that was something, huh? I have no idea what just happened there. That, that, that was, was great. That was something. Um, your question again, because I was completely distracted by my face entering the Matrix. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about the game overall now that you finished it? Because you talked about your initial impressions a, you know, a couple weeks ago. Now that you finished it, how did you feel overall? Uh, I loved it. I mm. think it's one of the best games of the year. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's very high on my top 10 list as of okay. right now. Um, I'm extremely impressed by what these this very small team of three people put together um yeah. i i think the writing in this is really good the mystery itself was enough to propel me past my worst instincts of figuring out <laughs> puzzle games mm -hmm. um and there were a bunch of moments like you know you think the game is one thing and it ends up being another and every time I felt like I was going to be losing a little <laughs> bit of steam with the game, like mm -hmm. I, I'm enjoying this, but like, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe it's not for me completely. And, you know, it'll be a fun thing to have played and not like where I thought, you know, it could have ended up on our top 10 list or whatever. And then something right. would happen and I'd be like, oh, shit, <laughs> like this is yeah. wild. And I experienced a bunch of those before Bobby did. Mm -hmm. so I, I was like, he's going to absolutely love this game when he gets his hands on it um and then i got to play it for a while today in one sitting and man that story goes places uh-huh and i i think what's really interesting about that game is it's puzzle-like nature of the story like you're doing things but you don't realize the payoff until later and then you mm -hmm. realize like okay but why do they have this happen like this one thing happen and then not that long later, you start seeing like other things come into place and then it all starts clicking in your head like, oh, wow. So this means this. And if this particular event happens, then on my next loop, this should happen mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. And now you're seeing like all these separate threads that you've been running around talking to people and figuring things out all start to coalesce together into yeah. like a, the shape that you've been looking for. So I stumbled into one of the endings completely by accident. Um, I stumbled into ending two of four. Mm -hmm. um, I'll say one, two, and three are the ones that you can kind of figure out and stumble into pretty quickly. One of them yeah. you can stumble into very quickly. The fourth yeah. one is the canon ending, which will take the longest amount of time to complete. Yeah. Um, but in that first one, I, in that, that first ending, I was like, oh, wow, like I did not see this going this way at all. Like, that's really interesting. And then mm. the the that feeling was completely trumped by ending four, where <laughs> I literally messaged WTF to Bobby as yeah. it was happening. I knew exactly where you were when you when you sent that too. Cause I when it happened to me, I'm sitting there alone playing the game and I, I get to this point and I think I literally out loud to no one said, What the fuck? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was, that was pretty much what I said as well. Yeah. Um, this game's not very long. I thought it was no. longer. Um, I think if you are 
I mean, Bobby is geared towards these games more than me. And how long did it take you, you think? Uh, I, I would say it took me 10 loops to finish it. It, it took it me was, 15. It was probably, I would say, four, five, probably five hours. I'm going to guess five hours. That, that's my guess to do everything pretty much. There is a way like you can complete games. You can you can complete this in one loop. Like you well, yeah. can do it, um, but you really need to know what you're doing. There's there a couple of loops you where I was just it. like, you can, you can do one of the. No, you can't even do one, even one of the endings in one loop. Yeah, you can. Because you don't you don't get the thing. Like to to get there until you you go into that place. So the whole point of the game is that somebody is going I'm to trying to not, I'm trying not yeah. to spoil. So here's how here's how I'll I'll fix this answer. <laughs> uh without spoiling anything. One of the characters you can be so you, as you're going into the game you're picking like um archaeologists. Oh, yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah right, right, right 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 right. I know I know what you're going to say. A couple I think other classes that. and then one of them is a soldier. So you're taking back a gun mm-hmm. with 10 bullets back in time and somebody's going to break the golden rule. And if you know who that is, you could just shoot them, which will then start the loop, which would then start the loop. But it's actually an ending. Um, mm-hmm. So, yes, you can do it that way. Uh, but, yeah, it took me, I think, like there were a bunch of times where I was just like, I'm going to shoot a bullet into somebody to see what happens and like restart this. So I had like mm-hmm. I, I think I finished in 15. But yeah, I, I honestly think this is one of the best um, the best games of the year. I think it's one of the best games that we played in the last couple of years. I was completely caught on a, you know, unexpected, it unexpectedly grabbed me in a way that, you know, I, I didn't think that this thing would, and I highly recommend it to that. Everybody give it a shot. Yeah. I would say if I had known, like if I had known a couple of things or realized a couple of things earlier, I probably could have done it in like seven or eight loops probably. Cause there was a couple of loops where I was just like, ah, I said this thing to that person. Now I have to restart the loop again because I literally can't do anything with yeah. them again until I until I do something else and I can't do that thing right now. So I, I had to do, I had to restart on purpose a couple of times because of that. Um, and I would say yeah, I would say like the first couple. What I want to say about the game, and I think people can listen to it and 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 sort of get probably intimidated by the things that we're saying. Um, it it was a lot less of a puzzle game than i think i was expecting it to be um it was a lot less of a big heavy mental lift than i was expecting you know the the game does give you for like i would you have a bunch of quests you can do and i would say for like what do you say half of those quests or maybe a little more it will literally give you like an objective marker if you track the quest some of them it won't some of them it will be like figure this out and you just have to figure it out um the hardest and thing that you're going to have to do is just remember people's names. Yeah. There's like yeah, 20 yeah, yeah. people that you kind of have to keep track of. But like after your fourth or fifth loop, you start remembering who the main players are. And then if you know who the main players are, it's process of elimination from then until you can figure out like, OK, who's this person they want me to go see? Yeah. And it does this nice thing where Justin also mentioned this. It happened again. Uh, Justin always he mentioned this thing back when we were first talking about it where there's this guy who's kind of standing right outside the portal that you come back in. And he doesn't remember ever seeing you before, but you can say to him like, Hey, cause you can, you, there are a couple of th- there are a couple of things that you can do that, that take t- a good amount of time to do them. Right. But you can tell this guy, Hey, like go do this and 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 this, and it will like set up the world state for you for where you need it to be 
to go to the next step, which is really nice. It also, it also very, one of the things the game does very well, and I think is cool about the game is that something like that, which could just be like a, like a gameplay, an ease of use thing is also like a gameplay, uh, like is important to the story and to like the progression of the, of the, of your narrative overall, which was cool. I thought, uh, yeah, it's 100%. The only thing I didn't like about, about that was, you know, you would send this character off to go do the things that you've already done. Like, mm-hmm. save me time. Listen, buddy, yeah. go save me time. Near the end game. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. Near the end game, it's like, well, shit, I got to wait for him to be done. Yeah, yeah. So there was definitely he, the, the sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, like, there are moments where I was like, I'm going to go get a drink and I'm just going to wait right here. And I come back and I'm like, nope, he's still doing them. There was a, there's also a part where like the, 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 one of the, the main story threads is that there's an election that's going to be held yeah to choose the next magistrate and uh, eventually the time comes for the election to be held and it's like okay everybody let's go so you think that like the next part would be let's cut scene or jump ahead to us <coughs> all sitting in the theater where mm-hmm. we're going to choose the next leader. But it's literally like, nope, I ran there and then I had to wait for about two to three minutes for all the NPCs to come filing in so we could yeah. get this election underway. And it was just like, it's got like a, a part where, yeah, thing to it in that way. Where you're, you're waiting for certain things to happen. And they'll, they'll literally yeah. tell you like, at certain points, like, you're going to have to wait for Galarius to be done with his tasks before you can continue. Yeah. And it's like, all right, he well, seems busy. He seems <laughs> busy right now. Maybe come back. And like other people like you want to talk to. They're affected by his loop that he's now doing mm-hmm. for you. And so you're like, well, okay, I'll just, uh, I'm just going to go get something to eat and come back up to my PC in about five minutes and it should be done. Yeah. The world is very, um, is very clockwork, right? So much like I mentioned Hitman, it has that vibe of like, okay, like all the things that are happening are actually happening, right? So when you just tell him like, go do these things, he literally goes and does them. Like he doesn't like, it doesn't just happen like 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 parameters being knocked off a list. He runs and goes and talks to this person or this person or that person and things happen. And yeah. I actually like missed the ability to do a couple of things in a loop. And I was confused because I went to I, like I get to talk to a character and give a character something. And then you can talk to the character. and The character will actually talk. It's like a very cranky character who then will talk to you and help you or, um, or will answer your question and say, no, no, I'll do this now. And I accidentally talked to him b- before Galerius is the guy's name had, had spoken to him. So I was like, what the fuck? What, how, what do I need to do to change this guy's mind or whatever? And then I just realized I had spoken to him too early. Um, There's also a moment where I, uh, and this, I was, I will say this, this doesn't really happen until you're kind of like in the very, very back part of the game, because most of your other, other tasks have been like checked off the list. Most of the time you can just go, go do this stuff and run off and do something else that you wanted to do. And it works really, really well. Um, but there was literally the last mission I had to do. There was three objectives I had to do. They were all, all of them would complete when a certain thing happened. So I had to let all of the things play out before I could do anything. And I literally just stood there staring at this, char- this character's face, like just waiting until I heard the voice, the last little bit of dialogue that I needed, like t- to go off. Um, you know, but but I would say if people are looking like if people just and I, obviously, we talked about Ober, the return of the Oberdin a lot and how much we love it. Um, and, and, you know, I think 
you know, you, you might get some of the vibes that we talked about from that, from this, and maybe you tried that game, you're like, this game is too much or something. Um, it's too difficult or it's too, it's too much of heavy lift. Um, and this game is not on that level of like mental no. exertion at all. No. Um, it has moments where you're like, oh shit, like, yes, I can now place this person in that place. And now this makes sense. And now I can go to and it, it all like those building blocks fall into place. But like, it is not, it is not, you know, what it was like in, in that game. So like, cause I've been like a little mentally tired lately at night. And I've been like, I don't know if I want to like go through like these heavy lifting games. But I started playing it. I was like, oh, this isn't, a, this isn't even like death loop heavy lift of like, I have to remember all these mechanics and all of these systems. It's very, it, it it, it is cool and it's a mystery and it's fun to unravel, but it's 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 not something that's gonna like tax you in any major way. I would say. Um, thing rules. It does. It, it was really really good. It was really really good. I'm very excited. It was like a team of like four people or something, right? Three people, whatever yeah, it is. Three people. Um, you know, I'll just say you know, just so people know before they go into it, they haven't seen the game. It does not look. It, it comes from it's. The Skyrim mod that was remade in Unreal Engine, it still very much looks like it, it could be Skyrim. So yeah. we're we're not talking about anything that's like it, it does not look like what's quote unquote a modern like a uh, 2021 yeah, I, video game. No, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say maybe not Skyrim, maybe like Fallout 4. You know, like it's got it's been a long time since I played Skyrim, but 2011 was a long time ago. Yeah, but they remade Skyrim a bunch and remastered it a bunch. Uh, you so know I haven't seen remastered Skyrim, you know, so maybe. But like, you know, the water and stuff looks nice and like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. It, the game definitely has a like a look to it. Um, yeah. But yeah, don't don't go in expecting like modern looks, modern video game. You know, Especially 4, in the 4K in the visuals in the faces, the character animation and faces. They're very like old school looking. Um, So just 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 know that. There's that one guy, that one Greek dude who runs the shop, who's like bald and pale and wearing like a white shirt, a white tank top. And I was like, yeah. this is there is no there's like no detail in this in this figure at all. Um, but it's cool. And it's well written and the characters are neat. And I, I, it's, it, it, I think it's on sale right now for 20 bucks on Steam. It's also available on Xbox and PlayStation. So you can pretty much get it anywhere. So um, it's definitely worth a play for sure. I will. Uh... I will say, if you want a game that looks really well, hmm. let's talk about It Takes Two. Let's talk about It Takes Two. Fuck the Oscars, Justin. Fuck the Oscars completely. Um, <laughs> Joseph Farris. Uh-huh. Joseph Farris presents the Oscars inside It Takes Two. Because would it surprise you at this point? No. If there was uh, definitely an award show, and then, like, uh, if we saw, like, an award show diorama or something, and then, like, one of the characters was like, oh, screw the Oscars or whatever. <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, yeah, so I think we mentioned it last week that we had, you know, started playing It Takes Two. Um, we were both playing with other people, and uh, Cody has run off into the distance to play Final Fantasy, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, this game was way too complicated for Angela. <laughs> and my my feeling on that last statement that I made has only grown in the last mm -hmm. week of playing it. Like, 
Yeah, they like the way they marketed this game was kind of like, hey, look at this. Like it takes two of you to like jump and play this game. And like it's a Mm -hmm. feel like not not I want to say feel good story because definitely not. (laughs) I I don't don't think they advertise it uh, that way, but it's a, um, you know, like a happy fun time, like playing it like, you know, like this looks Mm -hmm. like a lot of fun. Play this with your significant other. If your significant other has not played a bunch of video games in their life, they're going to be completely lost. Uh huh. Yes. The mechanics of this game have gotten wild. <laughs> um, uh-huh. So we are we are close, pretty close to the end. Yeah. And I will say I don't think I've played a game with better level design and narration maybe ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, what started out as you are now a doll and a clay person like these two parents have been transported into these uh did we talk about the story at all last last week i don't remember if we talked about the story or not very quickly i think we we talked about a little bit but yeah you know a little girl is her realizes her parents are getting divorced she unknowingly accidentally sends her parents into this clay doll and little wooden figure that they made Mm -hmm. and uh they are being they are stuck like this and they are constantly being attacked uh, uh-huh. metaphorically by this book of love, which might be the worst character in the history mm-hmm. of video games. Yes. And you character. start out like, OK, we're in the garage. We're in our garage. Mm-hmm. And from there, it just gets insane to where you are now fighting um, bees and squirrels with machine guns and it just takes like four steps into the fantastical and then never looks back and just keeps yeah. on chugging along to where we were fighting time itself. And um, we're in a winter wonderland right now. We're inside mm-hmm. of a snow globe. And mm-hmm. the the things that the game is having you do, you are set up split screen all the time, 100 um, yeah. percent. And it, I can always see what Bobby's doing. Bobby can always see what I'm doing. And. The game does these really neat things where each of us has a specific thing that we can do, and that is the hook for that level. Yeah. And whether it's I'm throwing a nail and Bobby is the hammer or uh, I have a um, a flamethrower and he's shooting goop and the goop will explode when the flames hit it mm-hmm. to things just like that all throughout all throughout. One of us can rewind time and the other one can uh, leave clones of themselves in places. The mechanics, the set pieces, the the way that those two things play with each other, I I don't think I've ever seen a game maybe do it better. Mm-hmm. Where yeah. every every night we're playing, one of us is always like, "This is wild," or "This mm-hmm. is really cool," or like, "I can't believe they thought of this." And yeah. the mechanics are one thing, but you're walking through these set pieces that are like Uncharted esque. Like the game looks really nice. Yeah, the, the like, game looks great. Point, we are at one point where you are in a bedroom and there are those like balls you would see in a ball pit and it's basically water. They're using it to like, mm-hmm. you know, signify water, but you still have the sunlight that's coming through the windows of the bedroom that is reflecting off of these balls. I said twice, man. Those are some really nice looking balls. Does you said it a lot. That <laughs> <laughs> The story is insane, like yeah. just flat out bonkers. The, 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 this small child that you're trying to, you know, make cry so you can become adults again is it's it's a it's affecting like you're like Mm -hmm. man i'm really upset at seeing this small person this small little child be upset all the time yeah um 
and I don't know where it's going. You know, obviously, you know, it feels like the game is going to be like, wow, mom and dad are going to get back together at the end of the game. Whether that happens or not, I don't know, because this game is throwing a bunch of curveballs I haven't yeah. been ready for. So yeah. I don't know if they'll go down that path. Mm-hmm. But what was your favorite thing that we've done so far? I mean, I got to that that level we did the other night with the, the, the time stuff was like pretty amazing, um, especially that that final like boss battle or whatever. Um, and that's that that part where I was rewinding time as you're having a platform. Yeah, um, I thought was really, really cool. I, I don't think that was my favorite level so far. I think that mechanic was really like mm-hmm. uh, mechanics are really cool in there. I think the bedroom level so far has been my favorite mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, when we were on like the, the train or whatever with the balls and and that like that, yeah. lo- that train that we were like yeah mm-hmm. um i forget what they call those ones where like we each have to lift aside or like a kind yeah. of like seesawing our way through this train track and yeah. just the, the grant like the graphics and like the the set pieces that you're rolling through are just fantastic yeah. man like this is it's like one of those games where i'm playing it and i'm like i'm enjoying playing this and then you have to like sit back and be like, yeah, I'm enjoying playing this, but I'm really blown away by like everything that's happening here. It's not like the mechanics that they're doing are like that. Like, oh, man, they're really doing something new here. It's like all things that you've seen before, but the way that they present them and the way that, that you have to use those mechanics in the spaces that they're giving it to you is sometimes just flat out absurd. Yeah, but still great. Like you're flying an airplane. That's like, okay, everyone's Mm -hmm. done that. Everyone's had to fly an airplane. Like, you know, I'm still, I'm, I'm, uh, what's the word going up and down. You're going left and right. Mm -hmm. But what's the airplane made out of? And what kind of space are we flying this thing through? Where you, you, like, that's the stuff that's blowing you away. And it's like, sometimes it's like the reverse of that Mm -hmm. where it's just like, okay, like we're in this like space. Like, yeah, it's a garage, big deal. Like, you know, there's something special about that, Mm -hmm. but it's like, oh, okay. Like we really have to time when we're, shooting these nails and like i'm using the hammer at the same time to accomplish this task like yeah it's really clever yeah and i would say like one of the one of the most impressive things about the mechanics and stuff is that it um in a very nintendo like fashion a very like mario game like fashion is giving you a mechanic for one level that seems very well thought out um and then just throwing it in the garbage and going on to a completely new one for the next one in an equally thought out manner and to have that many different types of mechanics and setups and worlds. Cause it's not like you're other than the two dolls and the book. It's not like, it's not like you're even seeing the same type of assets from world to world, right? There is no there. It's completely different. And that's incredibly impressive. You know, that, 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 that they're doing something like that. And, and you know, uh, Hazel Light, which I, it wasn't called Hazel Light when they did Brothers or whatever. I don't remember what it was called at that point, but like um, Joseph Ferris and his team, and however much it's changed since the, the in, in 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 from Brothers, have seemed to been like obsessed about this kind of type of game, right? This idea of two characters on the screen at the same time working together to do something, you know, to, to do something together. And like, you know, in, in brothers, it was, you were controlling both characters with, with two different sticks. You know, I didn't play a way out. Now I kind of want to, even though I, you know, I've heard it's not great, yeah. but now I want to just to see it because I like this game so much. Um, and then this game where they seem to have really nailed it right in, in, in a, 
in a, in a both like um commercially and critically it, it seems to be a well-loved game right and i think like um it's fascinating to see a studio so hyper focused on one type of experience refine that experience as they've gone along right and, and to deliver something like this which i think i mentioned it last week as well but like the thing i'm most impressed about is about it is that it feels good to play it you know in my mind i would expect the game oh look they're doing all this crazy stuff with these mechanics but oh it feels floaty or like you know these mechanics are kind of shoddy like you hear us say it a thousand times right like man the story's great but you know it's the combat is, is whatever it's fine you know what i mean and that's not the case in this game it, it the the mechanics are basically flawless and and that is that is that level of polish is is not something you see like especially from a game of I, I, I don't know how to identify how much this game cost or what the money situation was because i know that they partner with ea but i don't ea doesn't ea doesn't own you know hazelite so i don't know if like they go and make this game their own and ea pays for all of like the the marketing and distribution or if ea is putting money into the game as well in the, in the development process but it feels like a lot of money and time was spent on this game um it, and it shows it, yeah, it definitely absolutely. shows yeah like you you were mentioning um i mean we, we've been talking about mechanics and stuff but even animations like you said it feels good to play yeah the, they have two characters they very easily could have just modeled the characters even though they look different Mm -hmm. They could have had, had like kind of like very similar animations for them. They do not. No. You know, like the way that they run, they jump, uh, they, they walk around. They're very, they're, they're, they're both unique. And like the, you know, my, I'm playing the May, um, the woman character. And like, she does this like kind of like acrobatic front flip, back flip. That mm -hmm. is just fun to look at. When we're standing mm -hmm. still, I do it all the time because it's just so, <laughs> it's so nicely animated. Mm -hmm. um it's it's game is something man yeah like I, I i don't know if you could play this like i've said this before you know i i don't know if you could grab your significant other and be like let's play this together because it does get kind of like mechanically intense but it's one of those games that i almost wish it wasn't at some at some points because it's like it's really freaking cool some of yeah. the things that you see and you were doing are really cool and sometimes they completely change the game that you're playing you yeah. know sometimes it goes into an you know isometric dungeon crawler or yeah. it turns into a fighting game like yeah and besides that there are all these little mini games that are like scattered throughout the levels where it's like bobby and i are now instead of doing cooperative we're versing each other yeah literally just for shits and giggles like mm -hmm. all right who's gonna win this one mm -hmm. it's cool mostly just mostly justin you won the last one i did it was, it was the rhythm game one. <laughs> oh, i was terrible at that <laughs> it was the guitar hero one or whatever which was really fun and that's the thing too these even the mini games are the, they're very slight but they're all different types of you know um genres and stuff that are probably it's it's a it, you know i'm ha i'm really happy that we're playing it and that we we went back to it because it could be one of those things that we just sort of like let slip because the people we're playing with you know just couldn't do it or you know you know one of other things and i'm happy that we went back to it because um it's it's been a really really great experience like our friend andy has been watching us play it in party like we in, in playstation party we put on share play and he just watches us play it and and he's having a, a fucking ball watching us play it so um it's it's really really good um yeah so that, i think that's uh everything we've been playing that was a lot of stuff that's one of our beefiest what we've been playing in a, in a while it's not, um, even, it's not even counting my 
wrapping Hades, up of Hades. Your Hades time. <laughs> yeah. So I head off today and or I took off today and Bobby's yeah. like, so you have all these, you have all this time to play video games. All these video games that you have to play. How much Hades are you going to play? <laughs> I made sure to beat the Forgotten City. Yeah. And you start Psychonauts. Yeah. You did tell me none, which was a lie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so close though to being like I, I know, I'm like, I know. I, I've I've started the epilogue now like I'm very close to it and so I I really just want to get get through it. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Listen, um, I, I we I'm gonna briefly just talk about this for like five seconds. Mm-hmm. So I started Psychonauts. Okay, man, it's you should count your blessings that you really like that game because I was midway through that tooth level to start with and I was like fuck this I want no part of this this I don't like anything that's happening here. You don't like the teeth? You don't like the big teeth? No, I don't like the teeth level. And then I've like. So I'm back. I'm back at the base and doing like the next set mm-hmm. of things. And mm-hmm. I need this game to grab me quickly. Like I need it to. So because so far it ain't there yet. And I'm going to give it more time. But like so far, nothing about it is grabbing me. Give it till give it till the. You, so you have you have another brain you're going to do soon. Like and then and then then the game kind of goes like okay you have like these four options to do, so um, and you really liked one of them right? I liked a lot of them, but the one of them, which is the Psy King level, is like all right. So that's the one that I'll do. I'm gonna I'm yeah. gonna get through that level and then we'll yeah. see where I'm at with the game. And I'll, hopefully by then it grabs me. I want it to, you know, because I I could definitely use a game that's more linear in my life right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I played it today and I was like, why on earth would they start you on this level? <laughs> I don't need to see I don't need to see all these freaking blue veins everywhere. It's like, ugh. <laughs> I didn't know all you had right. such an aversion, Justin. Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I also quickly started. I started Sable as well. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, what I there, there is some what I like it so far, but there's like I, I've read on the Xbox right now. There's some performance problems, like some glitches and stuff like that. And I definitely have had some stuttering and some screening. So I might just sort of like put it down and come back to it once they've patched it. Cause I, I feel like it just needs like a, a couple of uh, like sort of like smoothing out patches to, to sort of fix it up. Um, so, uh, but it's beautiful. It's a, it's gorgeous. The game looks so good. All right. So let's talk about some, some news really quick. Um, so night school studios, the, the studio that makes um, that made oxen free. Uh, and what was that game called that you liked that came out last after year? party? after party and after party they've got oxen free lost lost signals i think that's what the sequel is called coming out soon netflix bought them it's a gift for netflix um netflix has been talking about ramping up their um their their games offering and apparently they're already in beta like kind of doing it and right now it's only on mobile and 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 their their mobile based games um but you know the answer for these content companies to get content is to buy companies to make their content for them so that they don't have to go out and make a lot of deals. Right. And Netflix is already spending billions and billions and billions of dollars on deals to, to get content. So it, it's good for them to be able to own the stuff like this. And, uh, and they make, and you know, I would say, could I see Oxenfree running on a mobile device? Absolutely. You know, could I see, could I see the developers of Oxenfree being a really good, really attractive studio for Netflix to buy to, uh, let's say, um, make a game based on, one of their popular multi-dimensional paranormal properties. Uh, yes. <laughs> I hope not though, because I really, I like night school a lot. Their games have a unique style. 
mm-hmm. both of them. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm I think I'm gonna replay Oxenfree before two comes out, so I could just like get myself familiarized with the story again. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the hell out of that game. Um, mm-hmm. and it, I, I don't want to see them just farming out IP for for Netflix. And you know, like, man, if you were to get bought, it's a shame that one of the other ones couldn't have got them. <laughs> I mean, my my guess is that uh, Netflix just offered the most money. Would have been my would have been my guess, you know. Um, but it also they fit in. I, I think they're gonna like these kind of like lower lower lift type of games is kind of you know what Night School makes. You know, they aren't like these giant three D like big action AAA no. platform you know games. So like I, it fits for them. And I don't know if Netflix plan is to be like let's get a bunch of people to make games based off of our properties but if i was netflix i would say like okay like somebody just watched stranger things uh, let's pop up the, the stranger things video game for them to play now and keep them on our platform like that that's what i would think would happen you know what i mean um but we'll see what happens for that queen's gambit game god it <laughs> took them out <laughs> um so that happened uh the one of the worst kept secrets in the world because Sony themselves leaked it when they bought um uh what the fuck the the company that makes Returnal um, Housemark Housemark they also tweeted out by accident they, that they had purchased Bluepoint and then took it back and then deleted that tweet well today they made it official they bought Bluepoint um the studio most famous for remaking Demon Souls and um Shadow of the Colossus most recently for Sony so it makes sense right that that this deal would this deal would happen. Um, in an interview today, kind of announcing this, um, they said that their next game is not a remake, that it is a original game. Um, it is a new game. I think they said a new game, I think is what they said. Um, they didn't say new IP. So some people are taking the thing that they are making maybe a sequel to a dormant franchise or a franchise that hasn't has, had a game in, in, in a while. Maybe it may be a game about a guy who jumps all over, like, you know old ruins and stuff possibly that might be a thing that they might want to bring back that would make them some money um but they it could be a new ip but they didn't say new ip so it does that feels like selected language to me it definitely leaves them room to wiggle there yeah um you know maybe that finally that like what's that spy game uh siphon filter siphon filter or trying to think of other sony franchises that haven't been around in a while kill zone i don't know but we'll, we'll, we'll we'll see um yes it's it's very surprising grun that sony bought blue point um i mean it's good get for them you know like that that was they've been they've been very they've been doing this for a while right you, you look at the studios they've been buying it's definitely been studios that they've been working with and have a good partnership with or you know housemark um the blue point even going back to the insomniac purchase you know these are studios that they have a very good relationship with that many people would probably think were already Sony studios to begin with, you know? So, um, this is, they have a long track record of doing this. Um, like if they didn't own sucker punch until I think like after infamous two or whatever. So that, that demon souls remake is top like 1.7 million copies. Yeah. Very popular. Very, very popular. And they, you know, they proved the last two games, they've proven that they, because before that they were doing like more of like the, the, the remaster type of remakes, right? They were, they were remastering the Uncharted collection or they were remastering, you know, whatever these, these other games. And they were just sort of like, you know, up stuff. They weren't remaking, but with Shadow of the Colossus and Demon's Souls, these are full remakes. So I think they've kind of proven themselves to Sony to say like, 
we, we're good at this. We know how to do this. We're good developers. So they bought them. And somebody said they're not done buying studios. So we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, they also bought that Nixies, which is like a port studio, essentially. Uh, and that VR studio they just bought as well. So I'd imagine you'll see them buying more studios that they, they've worked with on, uh, on a regular basis. Um, not an acquisition, but it was announced last week that uh, the initiative who's making uh, Perfect Dark for Microsoft. Um, it's, it's Microsoft's like internal, like sort of quadruple A studio. It, it's the studio that they created to sort of make the, you know, um, Sony type story base. It's their Naughty Dog. It's, it's, their ho- yeah. it's what they're hoping. Yes. Um, a lot of talent from other studios they brought in to, to fill this out. It was announced, um, you know, uh, last week that they were bringing on Crystal Dynamics to help them in developing of the initiative. Um, this is a wild thing. Uh, it, it is. I, I, there, there, it's, it's, there's, some of it is very wild and some of it is just like the way video games are made now. Yeah. You know? That's also part of it. Like, this um, is the first one. This is the first time I've seen a, a studio as big as Crystal yes. Dynamics being brought in. Will this be the last time we see it? I'm thinking probably no. Yeah. But it's still wild to think about that a non-Microsoft-owned studio for now is, <laughs> for now, uh, is being brought in to help a first-party Microsoft game. Yeah. There's a relationship there between the lead of the initiative who used to work at Crystal Dynamics. Yeah. He used uh, to be the lead of Crystal Dynamics before he moved over. So, yeah. yeah. So, like, there, you know, there's a pre existing relationship there, but it is just like when we, I, I saw this tweet and you were yeah. not on, on microphone in a party. And I was like, yeah. I'm not even going to send this. I'm going to wait for him to come back to Mike <laughs> so I could talk about this with him. And then he texted it for me when he was with his son. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's just. It's crazy. And I mean, so we know that Perfect Dark is going to be what, a third person shooter? I think it's first person. Mm. I think I said we heard it was first person. Every Perfect Dark game has been a first person game. All right. Yeah. That, you know, you're right. That tracks. So, Crystal Dynamics is an interesting studio to bring in there because they're known for what? Third Third person person, action games. Third person action games. Not that they can't do a first person shooter. Right. Yeah. yeah, Again, it's just. You know, in some ways it makes sense. Like Microsoft first party studios are all fucking busy. Yeah, yeah. They're all doing their own thing right now. Um, and um, if they have other studios that are helping out with games, you could bet your ass it's Halo right now. Yeah. So, you know, I'd say like in, in the past Microsoft, like Flight Simulator was a, was a partnership between internal Microsoft team and Team Asobo, right? Who isn't, isn't owned by Microsoft. Um, and what was the other thing that I had written down here? Um... Oh, yeah. So, you know, like um, and like Age of Empires, they're having like Relic come in and, and, and help them make it, you know, this which is owned by Sega. So like it, it's just that I think it's two pronged. Right? It's like that this game was this, this quad a studio, which is supposed to be like their big deal, like studio is bringing in help. And so people are like, well, that's weird. Like, is, aren't these supposed to be like not this team not supposed to need help? What, what I've heard from, you know, um, what I've read from different websites and like Jeff Grubb has talked about, like. This was the time where they were going to try to scale up, right? To they, they've been kind of in development. Now it's time to scale up because all the really heavy lifting has to be done right now. And it was just it's just not an easy time to hire new people to bring into a team. There's a labor shortage. You know, with COVID, it makes things difficult. 
You have to create a whole new like like working relationship with a team that maybe has never been together before and bringing in a team that already works together and you have familiarity with is much easier, right? To, 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 to kind of smooth the bumps. Because you, you don't have to work out the working relationship between the people at Crystal Dynamics, right? They know how to work together. So you're not, you're not, you're not creating a new team whole cloth. I wonder if Crystal Dynamics, though, would like... You're Crystal Dynamics, right? You'd probably love to get bought by Microsoft. Because you know why? Those Tomb Raider games sold... That first Tomb Raider game sold really well. What was yeah. it, like 10 million copies? No, it wasn't. It was like seven million copies. Seven million copies. But that was like, it. But they called it a. But Christian called it called it a a, a disappointment and a, dis- a failure because it didn't sell ten over ten million copies. Yeah, it's crazy. So the other question of this is what I think is also an interesting question, right? Is we're talking about Crystal Dynamics. It's this big studio. They make Tomb Raider, right? They made they made the that of they made they worked on that Avengers game. They've made a lot of big games. They are one of the. Well, they're a very big studio, right? That that makes very big, popular, expensive games. W- why are they doing? Why don't? Why are they? Oh, why are they free to do this? Like, why? Why aren't they working on something right now? C- because if I if it's if I was you know a publisher or a Square Enix, you know, you want your big studios to be working on games. Yeah, you you know. Um, and it seems like they stopped working on Avengers and then they were like, well, we don't know what you're going to work on next because, you know, we don't trust you or we don't think like you are up to things or we're not very interested in these Western games anymore, whatever it might be, you know, um, sure. Yeah. We can loan you out to Microsoft to, to work on this, this game. Um, so my big question is like what um like is could could square be getting ready to sell off the idos part of its you know business yeah which they don't really seem very invested in um gruen mentions dsx they didn't work in dsx idos montreal uh, worked on the dsx games um, who's doing um who's doing guardians Eidos, Mon- Montreal, I think. Okay. Um, one of the Eidos teams. One of, I think. I think it's Eidos Montreal is doing I mean, guard. You're totally right, and this isn't a question I've given a lot of thought to. But like, you know, th- this. Some people have wondered, like, why, why isn't, why is Crystal Dynamics doing this? And the 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 answer is the money's really good. Like, I bet you the money is fine. But again, still, Avengers is a live game um it hasn't done very well it's just mm-hmm. hitting game pass for all yeah. we know that could give this game a shot in the arm but like mm-hmm. what's like they should be in pre-production heavy pre-production on something yeah. else right now yeah and it apparently is they're not yeah i mean i'm sure that there is some team that's that's supporting avengers right in yeah, whatever no, way it needs to be supported I mean, that spider-man content still has to come out for playstation yeah. since that uh-huh. was announced mm-hmm. yeah um, we'll, we'll see when that ever that comes out um but yeah, I mean, there was all these rumors where they, they were going to do a new Tomb Raider game that was going to sort of like go go back to sort of like the original style. Like it was going to it was going to be like they were going to link the two like timelines together or whatever with a new game that that never got announced. It never happened. I, I, I can't. Crystal Dynamics is a Crystal Dynamics is a big studio. Don't get me wrong. They have a lot of people and, they, and they've worked on, you know. 
multiple projects before, but I would assume that if, if they're, you know, the, the most of their now development lift is going to be working on this perfect dark game for a couple of years, you know, for at least a year plus, at least 18 months, right? They're going to be just focused on that. That's, that means they wouldn't start production on a new game probably for a year and a half, two years from now. Um, we think Microsoft buys them. I mean, I think if Square wants to sell them, yeah, because that that is definitely something that was, if they are willing to sell Microsoft, the studios plus the Eidos IP, you know, which means, you know, they get Tomb Raider because I don't think they'd buy Crystal Dynamics if they didn't get Tomb Raider. Right. Or they didn't get Deus Ex or they didn't get Thief or they didn't, you know, whatever, what, you know, the, that that whole like grouping of IPs I mean, that they used to have. Tomb Raider is the big one there. Tomb Raider is the big one, of course. But, you know, Microsoft also really likes this idea of being like, you know, where the where the place where all of these like classic first person games live now. Right. Doom is here. Like the Elder Scrolls is here. You know, Halo is here. Wolfenstein is here. You know, if they can say Deus Ex is here, you know, Thief is here. Like this, this history of like all different types of first person games. I think they would love that. Right. Yeah. yeah and of course, Tomb Raider would be huge. That'd be like a that'd definitely be like a you know, a, 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 you know, a bee in their bonnet for sure. Like a feather in their cap. Like that's like, they would love that. Um, and I think, you know, because square has so terribly managed the Ido side of the portfolio for years now. Right. So the fact that they just let, they just let, you know, IOI just go and with Hitman, bye-bye. You know, we don't think this is worth anything. You know what I mean? Like crazy. It's crazy that, 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 that they did that. Imagine being IO. Uh, and they're like, oh no, you could take Hitman with you. And they're yeah. like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just say yes. Just say yes. Say yeah. thank you. Thank you. Just say thank you and like back out of the room. Yeah. I, 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 can, I, could, I can also see Microsoft buying IO if they want to get bought. You know, they might like being independent, yeah. you know, but like um, they've so badly mismanaged that, that side of the business and, and, and so badly like, um, put weird expectations on them to sell a certain amount. And even when they sell well and are successful, they count them as failures. You know, th they have a very narrow view of what that, what that side of the business should be doing. And they've got a lot of good development talent there and, and stuff that, th that they have not been nurturing in, in, in a lot of ways. It seems like the relationship with Crystal Dynamics has been pretty good up until this point, but I think they saw what happened with Avengers and they're probably like, I don't know. Like, and I think the best thing for all those teams that could happen is for that them to get sold to somebody yeah. else and for, you know, square to say like, Nope, like the reason they bought Eidos in the first place is because they, they didn't there, they were, they were becoming less and less popular in the West and they wanted a, an in, in the West, right. To, to have put out a certain type of game. And I feel like at, at first it helped for that, but now they probably are like, well, like final fantasy is doing great over there. These other games are putting out people really like, we don't need this anymore. You know, we don't need this group of people anymore. So let's 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 move on from them, because like that's honestly the biggest thing when I think about it now is like, like I said, why is Crystal Dynamics available to, to, to work on another studio's game? You know, um, so we'll not even be the lead. Like it'd be one thing if they're like they were going to code, like they were going to say like this game is a Crystal Dynamics game that Microsoft is publishing. That's happened before, you know, but not not this, you know, so that, that I'm very interested in, in what's going on over there. Another um, thing to think of is just that perfect arc. Not anytime soon. No, I mean, it was it was internally tracked for 2023. 
Um, we're saying thinking probably to 2024 now. Yeah. That would be my guess. Um, just fine because 2023 is going to be insane. That year is going to be crazy with Microsoft games. So we'll we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, speaking of uh, uh, not an acquisition, but something that might turn to acquisition is um, uh, Lucid Games, the makers of Destruction All Stars, has been give the, given the Twisted Metal franchise by Sony. You knew there's new Twisted Metal game coming. Lucid Games is is taking that over. Who made that multiplayer game? That that car multiplayer game for for Sony this this year. Um, Look, I love Twisted Metal. I really do. I grew up on Twisted Metal. Twisted Metal Two is like a touchpoint game in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't know how you make Twisted Metal work in 2021. I don't know yeah. how you make a Twisted Metal TV show in 2021. Uh, I don't know how Anthony Mackie <laughs> thought it was a good idea to star in a Twisted Metal TV show Who knows? in 2021. But look, like, I mean, we never, I never played Destruction All-Stars. It got okay reviews. Like, you know, people yeah. seemed, to, seemed to like it. They thought it maybe just got a little stale a little fast. Like, mm-hmm. look, if you, have, fuck it, if you want to take another crack at Twisted Metal, it can't be worse than that 2013, 2012 no. uh, version of the game. When they drove that ice cream truck out onto the stage at the Sony oh, press conference at E3. God, I was so excited about that, too. Like, yeah. you know, I remember I wasn't really watching E3 at the time. Like, it just hadn't caught on. That was a thing for mm-hmm. me to do. And one of my friends came, it was Eric, came running out into the warehouse and was just like, mm-hmm. they brought Sweet Tooth out on stage. So I ran inside <laughs> to see what was happening. And that game came out and it was such a piece of hot garbage that mm-hmm. I, like, freaking hated every minute of it. Um so yeah, look, hey, take another crack at it. Like it's an IP, of, you know, maybe somebody can resurrect it and, and do some cool things with it. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, they've been saying, right, there's been all these rumors that Sony wants to get it. They feel like they're, they have like untapped, um, untapped potential in like the multiplayer space. Like it's the one kind of game they really haven't made or in, in the sort of new rise of their success. So look, could a Twisted Metal Battle Royale work? Yes. It totally could. Are you telling me like that? That was basically the point of the multiplayer in the first place. Yeah. So are you telling me that on a larger scale map, where you you could basically throw a bunch of like maps, of remade maps from Twisted Metal two and one all into one space, that those uh, those pickups that you used to get fire and homing and all that stuff couldn't work in a battle royale? It totally could. I mean, or they just, they, they keep it contained, you know, they, no, they do, oh yeah, they, yeah, you know, they, they do something more akin to like the size of like a rocket league arena or something or a little bigger and they keep it like a, like a crazy nonstop action packed, like, you know, thing. I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't have a lot of like, I, I am the opposite of you. I don't really have much. Um, here's the thing though. I, I get what you're history saying with like, the franchise. Yeah. The. Would a death mode like death team death match or, you know, a death match mode be great for that? Yeah, that's what it was. And that's what it succeeded at. And that's where, you know, you know, it, it, it was so popular. But I don't know if that type of game can work without other things being thrown at it. Like, yeah. I, you know, I, I think they need I think like you could have a mode where it's like twisted metal and then it's a bunch of modes like like, hey, look, this mm-hmm. is the battle royale mode. Uh, this is a Rocket League type thing. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, the campaign mode where you go through and, you, you know, you play it like it like you used to. And this is a, a team death match, a death match, like all modes like that. But it needs to have some sort of hooks into yeah. modern day multiplayer for, I think, it to be successful. 
I wonder if it's free. I wonder if it's free to play. Yeah, it should be. Uh, that that seems like to me. If it's not gonna have a campaign and it's gonna, you know, that kind of thing, it. I, I assume it it might be. I would be depressed if it didn't have a campaign. I look growing up playing Twisted Metal. I loved grabbing a, a, a character that I didn't play and rolling through the stages to beat the game to see the ending for that car. Right when mm-hmm. they would meet Calypso and whatever wish wish that they had would go badly. Like you wanted to see how that worked. So like you know as a kid. I would sit there and on a Saturday and be like, okay, I'm playing as Warthog. I'm playing as Mr. Grimm. I'm playing as Axel. I'm playing mm-hmm. as Thumper. I'm playing as Grasshopper just to see the story. Like I'll never forget. Twister wanted the, the ability to go so fast. She ended up back in time and her helmet, she got crushed by a dinosaur and her helmet is in a relic in a museum somewhere. Like that has stuck with me forever. Um, yeah. I would love it's a lot to see more expensive to do stuff like that, though. A lot more expensive to do that nowadays than it was back then. Yeah, but back then they were using just like literal comic book cutscenes, which would yeah, still yeah. work. Like, I'm not asking for anything like crazy, <laughs> but give me, you know, a, a two minute storyboard at the end. And mm-hmm. it would be like, oh, yeah, this is a cool throwback. <laughs> I think they did stuff like that in that 2013 game. It they definitely was, had like story stuff yeah, in that was, game. It was terrible. Um, I guarantee if you went back and played those games now, you would think the stories were also terrible. <laughs> the stories were bad. I'm not saying they yeah. were good. I'm not saying it was good writing or anything, but like, how old was I? 10, 11 years old? Oh yeah, old? that's like, perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah, but still like, it was still fun to go back. Like, it, like I still enjoyed that. Like, I, re- yeah. I, I enjoyed like seeing those ridiculous stories and like, it gave me like a thing to do. Like, where it was just like, all right, I, I don't play as Grasshopper but I have to figure out how to beat the game as her. Mm-hmm. I still remember the specials. Well, I hope that this game ends up being something that you, you can enjoy, though creator of Twisted Metal, David Jaffe, is not happy that he was not asked to do this new version of it. I feel so bad. Go did, make you hear what he, did, did you hear what he said? I did not hear what he said. The creator of Drawn to Death doesn't hold much sway in anything no, he says no, no, for no. me. So he threatened. He basically said, "I know I have I, I could I know where all of Sony's skeletons are buried, and I could easily tell everyone what they are." You know, that's what he said after he goes like, "They should have asked me back to do this." He goes, "I won't say anything because I wouldn't do that." But it's frustrating that like the creator of and director of such good games in the past. He's just a total fucking knob. He's terrible. He's he's a terrible human being. Um, we saw what happened when you like tried to do something semi recently. Draw to death was miserable. Yeah, Draw to death is bad. That twisted metal in twenty thirteen, which he also directed, was bad. Um, uh, do you remember calling all cars? Just yes, I do. <laughs> it's like one of the first like PSN like downloadable mm-hmm. games. Yep. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean. He hasn't done really anything of note since God of War, really. No, that's the last thing he did uh, that was of note. Um, And it's honestly like the third best, maybe the third best God of War. (laughs) So, um, uh, so there's that. Um, Quickly, uh, Justin, would you love it if the people who are watching this Twitch stream right now could pay? To boost our stream on, on Twitch. They should do that. They should do that. They well, they're going to have they, they're gonna have the chance to. 
if this beta that Twitch is putting in, putting th we're testing right now, where you can lit, where people can literally, literally pay like, you know, like they would buy bits. They can basically buy like, um, like recommendation, like points for, for a channel. And if, if, if you get enough, it'll boost your discoverability onto like the, the, you know, like the front page of Twitch. If you get, if you get enough. So this so, is like back way back when in the wild west of the internet, when you could just hand money to Google and be like, make me on, get me on the first page. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All the people, mm -hmm. all those you know, great companies that didn't have the money to do that were never found. Yeah. And the, the companies that had the money were the ones that just kept making the money. Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. It's a terrible idea. It's absolutely terrible. It's a it's a really terrible idea because it it it's basically Twitch saying yeah we know that our platform is really terrible for growth and discoverability we know that like the top you know one percent of streamers you know end up being the ones that just continuously grow because you know the way that things are laid out on Twitch is you go you search for a game that you you look at the first couple of people and you pick somebody from the first couple of people and you watch them. Right. Or it's somebody, you know, it's it, it's it, it is done through a more organic means where it's just like a group of people who know each other, who go hang out each other's streams, stuff like that. But that puts a high, like a very, very hard ceiling on how large you can grow. Right. Instead of coming up on their end using their, you know, Amazon using its billions of dollars to fix the algorithm or really come up with creative ways to, for people to become discoverable. It's like, no, no, we're going to put that burden on the people who watch Twitch. And, and 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 make it so the life of a streamer has to be even more of asking people who watch them for money like you know and this time that money goes to um i don't even know if there's like i haven't i don't i didn't i don't know if there's a split that the streamer gets part of this money um for for the boosts i don't know that but um if it if they do it's probably it's probably a small amount and but then it's on them to ask for money from the, their, their community to hopefully get them to get more people in because they end up boosting. It's like paying for an ad is it? But it's not even you're paying for your own ad. You're asking other people to, to pay for you to have an ad on, on, on Twitch. Essentially. There's nothing that Bobby and I would like more than to become popular and get more people in this community. Yeah. Right. We think we have something to say about video games and to, you know, we'd love to share that with more people and have more people tell us that our opinions are terrible. I right. love it. I could never ask you guys to make that happen for us in any other way than being like, hey, maybe tell your friends about us. Like, yeah. you know, I can't imagine like you're a streamer, right? And you're a streamer who makes you're you're barely getting by, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're doing this. You could never make this your like a, a full time job or maybe you're at the point where you could possibly do it. Mm -hmm. But now your your audience is like, well, I only have X amount of dollars to give. Should I just give them bits, which mm -hmm. the streamer gets 100 percent of? Or yeah. should I try and help them become more popular? And if it doesn't work, then you're taking money out of the streamer's pocket. You would have given to them otherwise. It is just. Yeah. It's like borrowing from Peter to pay Paul, but like in the worst possible instances and cases like, oh, my God, do better. Yeah. No wonder so many people are getting off this platform and moving over to YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. It's. It's mind boggling. It's not mind boggling. It makes total sense that this is the answer they came up with. Right. It, it, to, to help um and uh, it's just it, you know the, 
it, and also it doesn't really help. It, it only really helps if you get like, let's say, you know, seven to 30 viewers or 40 viewers or even a hundred viewers. It doesn't really help you that much because you're, because there are other streamers, right. Who, who also are not like, you know, who do well by, you know, like, like lower bracket streamer, you know, you know, sort of like guidelines, like they have maybe 200 people watching them, 300 people watching them, 400 people watching them, which is a great number, right? It's, it puts you in a very, puts you high up the echelon. It just doesn't put you in that like thousands and thousands of viewers, but those people, it might help those people, right? If you have 500 people watching your stream and, you know, even like, you know, 10% of your, your, your community or your, your current viewers, you know, boost, 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 boost. That's probably going to help you. Right. But if you're somebody who has 10 viewers, you're never going to get enough boost unless you have like a whale, right? Who's going to like, is going to put a ton of money into it, right? You're, you're not going to get, you're never going to get enough to get you on the front page. And it's just going to, it's going to, it might lift up like the people who are just below the big people, you know, or, or what, or, or at the worst, it makes it, it if the people who watch the big people do it a lot it furthers the divide, right? It furthers the divide even more where the front page goes from, from being like a smattering of all different people to just like, here are the people who paid to be here. And then people who go to Twitch are going to know that the people who are on the front page only got there because money was spent to get them there, you know? So it, then the recognition system almost goes out the window because you're going to be like, oh, I'm not going to click on these. These are people only here because they got paid. They're, this is nothing to do with what I'm interested in or whatever. It's, it's a dumb, it's a terrible system. It's, it's terrible. It's terrible. And it, 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 it takes all the, the work off of Twitch's shoulders and puts it onto the, the community's shoulders um, and puts more money in Twitch's pocket because this money is going to Twitch. They're literally, it would make some sense to me if they were like, okay, like your community loves you. Let's give an option for community, like people, people in chat, like, there's like a, you know, like, like channel points or anything else where you can like, where, where they can put that right into like channel points into like a boost for the stream, right? Boosting towards the front page. Cause then it's organic. Then it's just like, okay, like people love these people. They built up a lot of cachet with them. Let's, and they like them. Let's boost it up. But putting a dollar amount on it just makes you seem greedy. If you're Twitch, you know, like it, you're getting money to get them on the front page and hopefully it gets people into their stream, which hopefully gets people in their stream buying bits, which you get a cut of. Or getting subs, which you already get a cut of. So it, it's, it's an insane like money fountain um, for them. And I think it's going to backfire incredibly hard in their face. You know, um, it's, it's bad. Um, one more, we'll close with this, uh, this last story, which is also bad, which is that um, Activision settled their lawsuit for a whole $18 million. This doesn't get everybody off their backs. There are still investigations going on, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. There, there, there are still, there are still, um, you, there are still state and federal investigations happening into, into Activision. Um, you know, the federal government, the Justice Department has, 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 you know, subpoenaed people. They, it's been a Bobby Kotick. Like th 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 that stuff is still going on. Good, but. The Equal Opportunity um, and Employment, um, what is it? Uh, equal Opportunity, oppor the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission 
um, uh, which had a, a discrimination lawsuit from them. Um, it was settled hours after it was filed. It, it, there was a 49 page, like, you know, document that Activision put in to consent to it, um, where they basically agreed to pay the money, but just, but, but said they didn't do anything wrong. But they have, a, but they are agreeing to like pretty um, intense oversight. Um, this is eighteen million dollars. Last quarter, Activision's operating income was nine hundred and fifty-nine million dollars. I believe Bobby Kotick made something like one hundred and fifty million dollars last year. I, I just. <sighs> You kind of yeah. hope that it's it's not nice a nice thing to say, but you kind of hope he eats it at the end of this, right? Like it's yes. just it's too much fucking money. Yeah. Um. So uh. Yeah. So this is separate from the um the the, the discrimination suit by the state of California and investigations by the National Labor Relations Board and the SEC, which are which are both going after them. Um. What they're saying. Um. This is what Activision said in their statement. There is no place anywhere at our company for discrimination, harassment, or unequal treatment of any kind. And I am grateful to the employees who bravely shared their experience. Activision Blizzard Bobby Kotick said in a company statement announcing the planned settlement. I am sorry that anyone had to experience inappropriate conduct. Um, so, yes. What's next? Activision has a pending legal showdown with California's Department of Fair Housing and Employment, whose lawsuit remains underway. Um, so there you go. So this isn't this this obviously is not the end for them, but um, you know, there like the labor unions and there was a lot of responses after this, and basically said it was like a slap in the face, Activision, the settlement, like to to the people who brought the suit. So, God, um, it's you know it, it continues to be a terrible situation. And it's just, it casts a shadow over everything they do. And I would say like, just from, even from a, a like just the most bare, cynical business view, this is going to start hurting Activision because they're, they don't, they're not going to get rid of Bobby Kotick unless it, in, in, until it shows that they're not making, he's going to, he's going to cost them money. Uh, but I have to imagine it's going to start costing them money relatively yeah. soon. L look at how much, Diablo the Diablo 2 remake was just ignored like they didn't they didn't promote it and you didn't hear about it like anywhere like Justin and I listened to a lot of video game podcasts did any video game podcast you listen to talk about playing Diablo 2 remake nope no I listened to like four different video game podcasts from four different outlets and then nobody talked about it so um you know that's the kind of thing that you know, it will end up making a difference at some point. So, um, that's it for the news. Let's, let's do some, uh, let's do the, we have a couple of questions here. Um, okay. historic me on our discord, Justin asked, what was the shortest amount of time that you've ever given a game before knowing you were done with it? What was that game? Uh, some goose game came out on Twitch, uh, not on Twitch, goodness, uh, on uh, Game Pass today. I played it for like five minutes and I was like, okay, it's Mega Man. And then deleted it. What goose game? There's a, what was the name of this game today? Hang on, I'll tell you. Um, I thought you were talking about Untitled Goose Game. No, 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 no. 
uh, Game Pass new games. Uh, crap, where is this thing? It just came out today. Here we go. Well, you come up with an answer while I'm looking this up. I'm trying to think. I can I I can't think of the game that I that that I dropped the fastest, but I can remember the game that I dropped the most dramatically, which was Mighty Goose. That was the game. Okay. Which was um the first Mirror's Edge. Really? Yeah. I got to a point I had, I rented it from um Gamefly at the time and I was playing it and I got to this one like jumping section where I had to like you had to like kind of like run off an edge jump across off a building and then le leap to this like it was like a look like a cargo crate suspended on like a like a crane or something mm -hmm. um and I just I couldn't make the jump and I tried I must have tried this one thing um in it like I don't know this one jump like 15 times um and couldn't get it and I tried and I got so angry that I literally I went out I went over to the Xbox pushed the eject button took the game out of the disk drive put it back in the Gamefly envelope sealed it walked out to the mailbox and, and flipped up the the like the, the lever on the mailbox right then and just walked away <laughs> um i was i just couldn't i couldn't do it i was like i can't do this and i just i was like nope i'm done uh, not worth it uh, that so i i remember that being the most like dramatic one that i that i that i did um that i was like nope this is this is not something i'm gonna want to play um i can also remember uh do you remember that game what, what, i don't remember was it 1000 foot robot golf do you remember that game that came out yeah a couple of years ago it was a vr was, game it was a vr game but it was also it was you could also just play it and not vr um, I was very excited about it because I think it was that, what was that guy? The guy who made like roundabout, was it that guy who made it? I think um, so. Were the McElroy's involved in that somehow? Yeah, the McElroy's did commentary. They were the commentators. And I had just really gotten into like my brother and my brother and me. I was so excited. I got like, it came out. I got it that, that night. I played it for maybe 30 minutes and I was like, uh, this game is terrible. It was bad. It, play, it plays badly. They're not funny in it. And I never, I never launched it again. So that was that was that might have been the fat that might have been the fastest. Um, um, but I there are lots of games that I, I buy and play very little of that aren't because I like hate them. I just I'm bad at like picking up games and playing and playing more of them. You can you think of anything, Justin. I mean, there are a bunch of games I start and like play five minutes of and I'm like, I'll come back to this and then never, never do. Yeah, um, happens to me a lot, too. But nothing I can think of that really just like does it out of rage you know like where it's just like oh this is this is just total garbage mm -hmm. um so yeah that's it was probably like you know I, I had plenty of those games like mighty goose today where it's like i played it for like five minutes it was like yep okay i know exactly what this is now and i'm just not here for it have there ever been any games that any game that you've ever tried to play and just given up on because you were furious at them no like even even more than like yeah okay you know me <laughs> Do I get do when I get my head when I start banging my head against the wall? Do I ever give up or do I continuously push my head through the wall until I get through? You, you it's so funny because like you you will play games that you actively don't like to completion, like that you think are bad. You're like I started, I'm gonna finish it, and then there are games like you never finished like Doom 2016. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, that, like that's like yeah, but that's like a one-off. Like, it's not like anything about Doom was frustrating me. There, there was a, like a bunch of other things out at the time, and I just wasn't into it. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't like I was frustrated with the game at all. Just like I wasn't like uh, I wasn't really enjoying it, and like that was me trying new things about not finishing games. Um, <laughs> but yeah, for the most part, like even if something's like really frustrating me, I'm like, no, fuck you, I will beat this. Yeah. Um. I mean, a lot of times when I stop playing games, it isn't like you said, it isn't like an anger thing. It's just like mostly for me, it's a lot of times it's just like, oh, I've seen enough of this and I just don't need to see any more of it. Like that, that, that is kind of when I stop playing games, that's usually how I feel about them. Um, it's not, it's usually not like a fuck this game. You know, that, that's, that's not an often, often a feeling for me because I usually stay away from games that I have a feeling will give me like that fuck this game type of feeling. Yeah. Um, I mean, I will say, like, when I first tried playing, like, Demon Souls, originally, like, on the PS3, I definitely was, like, I played it for, like, an hour and was like, no, I will never play any of these games ever again. <laughs> and then, you know, we know how that went. Um, so, um, Groon Zero asks, what is the next online console you'd like to see made available on the Switch? Also, name three games to be playable on day one from said console. What do you think, Justin? I don't know. What else are they, what else could they add to the Switch? A like, lot. I mean, they don't they even have as many consoles on the Switch as they had on the original Wii. Yeah. So I would have said um, I would have said Genesis, but we got that okay. wish. We got that um, wish. Shoot, man. Uh the GameCube? Question okay. mark? GameCube's um, fine. What games would I like to see? Wind Waker. Okay. Um, Twilight Princess. Just Zelda games. I don't know. Four Swords Adventure. <laughs> um, yeah, because I, I mean, like, I would say Sunshine, but you could play Sunshine in that collection. Um, yeah, not anymore, though, if you didn't buy it. Yeah, I have it. Um, you could also play Mario 64 in that collection, and it's in the it's in 64 yeah. collection now. Shit, man, I don't know. What about you? What, what do you? What would you like to say? So, I mean, the easy answer here is Game Boy Advance, right? That would be that would be a big one. Like, let's get like Metroid Fusion. Let's get like those Castle, one of those Castlevania games. Let's get you know, um, Wario that the WarioWare that was on the the Game Boy Advance. The Game Boy Advance is like an amazing system. The DS, 3DS, that stuff is tough because it you, you need two screens, and unlike the Wii U, where you could have two screens, sort of like um, you, you, you know, if if you really needed to. You can't do that with a switch, right? It's one screen. So you have to really do stuff to that game or you have to cut the screen and the switch in half to do it. I don't think it would be very fun to play DS or 3DS games unless they really redid them. Um, or they just took the ones over that didn't have a, like a lot of two screen functionality because there, there were games like that, right? Um, like the GameCube would be, would be cool as hell. You know, we got like Metroid Prime and, you know, um, uh, like eternal darkness and um i'm trying to think i'm trying to think of like maybe like melee like you know stuff like that you know showing up would be really neat um you know i, I think that um uh the dreamcast would be a really cool thing for okay, them to yeah. do the dreamcast, like, like, the dreamcast is the answer give me power stone the power stone you get some uh soul caliber you get some maybe Code Veronica. You get some, you know, 
get some jet set, you know, radio, like, the, the, you know, like the, the 20 games that, that, <laughs> that Dreamcast had that people loved, you put those into, you know, create a little crazy taxi action going on on there. Yeah. Some Virtua fighters some Virtua tennis, you know, like that, all, all those games. Um, I guess you could put Sonic Adventure on there if you really, if you really wanted to. It's a very bad video game, though. <laughs> I am somewhat tempted to buy one of those Genesis controllers. Not because I really am going to ever play anything. I just really want to hold the Genesis controller again and mm -hmm. remember. Because, you know, it wasn't that long ago I held the NES controller, right? They're freaking mm -hmm. everywhere. But a Genesis controller, it's been a long time. It's been like 20 years since I had one of those in my hand. And I want to remember. Gotta remember. Yeah, I'm tempted to buy both of them, honestly, Justin. The N64 is a terrible controller, but... I should make um, Jora hold it and be like, uh -huh. figure this out. Yeah, how would you figure out how you would play a first-person shooter with this? <laughs> and we him. did! Like, I uh -huh. played Goldeneye, hours, hundreds of hours of Goldeneye on uh -huh. that... Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. We were just raised Wait, do, differently. Do you... Do you do you walk around with the D-pad? No. <laughs> walk around with these four yellow buttons. <laughs> Does that make any sense? No. This is like our version of we went up to we went to school in the snow uphill both ways. It was like, oh yeah, these controllers today are great, right? Eat this. Try this. Yeah. Uh-huh. You you'd have to hold it like at the bottom to use that stick. Like and then you have to use that buttons to, to do I this. Just, but like we did it and like it wasn't even like it wasn't even a thing. Like I, 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 I back then I wasn't like this is difficult. It was just yeah. what you did. And now if you mm -hmm. put it in my hands now, I would have no idea what to do with it. It's tough. It's tough. So, like suppose I play like I, I, I like before the world shut down or whatever. And before I had a child, I used to like like go into the city and like hang out with some my, my my buddies from high school. They, like this one friend of mine, like he doesn't really play any video games anymore, but he played like a ton of N64 games. So he'll like have an N64 and they'll like the, him and like a couple of everybody, well, the, the, they used to play Goldeneye all the time and they'll want to play. And since they don't play really many video games anymore, they haven't like unlearned, you know, like that way of playing. So they just like, I'm trying to play it like a modern video game and getting my ass smoked because I can't, my brain just doesn't work anymore in, in, in that configuration. Um, I will not, Mello, yes, they were designed for that controller. I will not take any defense of the way the N64 controller was laid out. The PlayStation controller came out at the exact same time. <laughs> and then they put sticks on it and they were like, you know, in a fine place. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge Nintendo lover, but that controller, oof. Now the GameCube controller, I will defend. Um, I'll defend the GameCube controller as well. I love that controller. Um, Grun Zero says, Rumor Mill says Prime 1 Remaster or Prime Collection is coming first quarter next year. Um, yeah, Nintendo was holding back the announcement. That is what a lot of the insiders have been saying. The Nintendo is just kind of waiting to put it out because they're waiting for like that hole in their announcement schedule. And I think they're honestly waiting until they know exactly when Prime 4 is coming so they can sort of like meter them out. But yeah. the rumor is it's not a collection. It is just Metroid Prime 1. We didn't even talk about this. You want to talk about rumors? Freaking... What about Bloomberg coming out today with the 11 companies that are working on 4K yeah. Switch games for a console uh -huh. that doesn't exist yet? Yeah. I think Jeff Grubb said it best. It was like, welcome back, Switch, uh, Switch Pro. Like, welcome back, Switch Pro rumors. Like, glad to see you again. Yes. 
Um, they said, um, what's it called? Um, and then Nintendo put that statement where they denied it, and they said, we're not sending out 4K, you know, Switch dev kits. The, the only Switch that we have coming out is the OLED Switch. But they said, we're not, not we haven't, you know? So, like, they're using their language very carefully. They didn't, let, let, and let's be clear about Nintendo, they denied the Switch Lite was a thing before the Switch Lite came out. Everyone was like, there's a, there's a, low, there's a Switch Lite going to happen. And they're like, that's not true. We're not developing any other console right now. And then that came out, and the same thing happened with the OLED Switch. So, so dumb. Um, well, because they don't want you not to buy, they don't I want know. you to I not know. to buy the Switch right now. So they can't say, there's a better one coming. <laughs> From a business perspective, is, is what I mean. Um, yeah, the rumor season, baby. We'll 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 see what happens. Um, I also I also think Nintendo is going to get into the acquisition game sooner rather than later, um, and it's probably going to be developers that they've been working with, like the company that made Luigi's Mansion, uh, next level next level games. Is that what they're called? I don't remember. See, that's the, the next... this is the problem with Nintendo like properties. Like, I like like. It would be like if Sony just was like, we're putting out a game. All right, cool. Who's working on it? Oh, it's not really important. Like, you have to kind of dig for that information with Nintendo. And even then, you're not completely sure until the game the, comes. Yeah, the games they work on with second party studios or whatever usually have studio names on them. Yeah, but like, I would love to know, like, okay, Nintendo owns this studio. And it's even if it was like Nintendo east or whatever and then it's just like okay that studio is the one that does mario odyssey and this other studio <laughs> nintendo west is this studio that handles these games so that way i could know like okay cool we know that east just put out mario odyssey a couple of years ago what are they working on next then like you know it, it, you really have to dig for that information and in a way it's not as exciting like because we get excited knowing like okay what's naughty Dog working on what's insomniac working on what's right but the other part is, is I, I think sometimes they don't want you to know. Yeah, I know. That. That's because they're the worst. Because they don't want you to be like, I don't want to play this Mario game because it's not from the people who made that other Mario game. They just want you to want to buy the Mario game. <laughs> you know, that's why they do it. Um, but it's I also hate, because I hate like, giving them any money. I hate it's it. also it's also because like, I, I think partly it's partly because it's somewhat you can say from the negative but the positive is also like there might be a game that they put out that you end up loving that maybe if they said like oh this is not this is from a new team that hasn't done this before or this is the team that made this and it was a game you didn't like you might be like oh, i'm not gonna get, try this game because it was from a team i didn't like you know but if they just say this is from nintendo yeah I like know. that's I, that's I why the, they do it you I know get the reasons for doing it but again you would still have to pay attention you'd have to be really paying attention like like us crazy people who yeah. are you know all the studio names the average person on the street is just going to be like mario cool yeah but like yeah. you know they're they're not going to be able to be like well this is the one that made paper mario and that paper mario wasn't as good as uh the last one yeah so but I'm they don't gonna... but they're they're also worried about people like you nintendo's so they don't not, want you... nintendo's not worried about people like me because if they were they would enter the 21st century Sometime. One of these days they would do it. Um maybe. <laughs> um Yeah, I mean I, I I don't know. Um, you know, I think like I think but I also think the way you can tell with Nintendo sometimes is you have to just look at if you're tuned into it, who's like the person they bring out 
to talk about the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause that's often like the, the, the person, the director of the game or a lead creative on the game. So when you see Anuma, you know, okay, the, the Zelda team worked, the, the, his Zelda team worked on this, you know, like that's the kind of, kind of how they signify it, I think in, in, in a lot of ways. Um, but we shall see. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for the show, Justin. This one went a little overtime, huh? Did go a little overtime. We went almost two, two hours on this, on this baby, on this baby. Um, if you guys want to uh, support the podcast, please tell somebody about it. Review and rate us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, I should say. Um, it's tough after saying iTunes for like tw- 13 years. Let's say, let's say Apple Podcasts. <laughs> Apple Podcasts or rate us whatever podcasting service you use if they have a rating service. Um, you can uh, join our Discord. There's links in, in, the, in the show notes. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Bobby Shortle. Justin. Justin underscore says underscore. Hey, also misadventure.land will take you to our YouTube channel. Yes. Like, and subscribe. I actually said that meaning it. Yeah. Ring, uh, you know, hit subscribe, hit that bell. So you get reminders of when things go on. Um, I wish you could rate us too mellow. So you could say terrible things about my opinions about video games. Um, and, um, yeah, so we'll be back again next week to talk more about games and other things. Um, we don't really do our like specific, like comic book show anymore, but man, that episode of what if was something fucking great. That was the the episode I was waiting for. It was fucking something. We'll talk about it at at another point. Um, so you'll be back next week for, for more, um, for more video games, but until then, thank you, Justin. Thank you, Bobby. And thank you to everybody who is listening and watching until next time. Be good to one another. See you later. These two great friends agree a lot.